Hello and welcome to the Confidence Through Health podcast. My name is Frances McGill and I'm a body confidence coach. I help women break free from diet culture, find food freedom and feel confident and amazing in their own body. I truly believe that we can take care of our bodies without restriction and learn to love ourselves through getting in touch with our body, listening to it and most importantly trusting it. Each episode of the podcast explores finding your confidence through health to help you live a healthy and happy life without having to give up your life. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Confidence Through Health. I hope you are feeling amazing, but even if you're not, hopefully you will by the end of this episode because we are talking all about getting back in touch with yourself. That's getting in touch with your body, your mind and your soul. Now, I want to start with talking about getting in touch with your body because when we look at fitness and the link between confidence and health, Listening to your body and really understanding what your body is trying to tell you is key in achieving that. So when I say listening to your body, the things I'm talking about are listening to your hunger cues, listening to how food makes you feel, listening to your body when you're feeling restless and your body wants to move, listening to your body when you need a rest or you need some more sleep. Now, it sounds like it's pretty basic and goes without saying. However, in the world we live in today, often those cues are ignored. We don't listen to hunger cues because we've been told we should be in a calorie deficit if we want to lose weight. And we've been told we should lose weight because there is an ideal body that we should be trying to achieve. We don't necessarily listen to how foods make us feel. We read that certain foods are good for us and other foods are bad for us. And instead of listening to what those foods do to our body individually, we take that as gospel. And we try and eat all of these superfoods, try and avoid anything that is, you know, processed or not nutrient dense, instead of actually just listening to our bodies. And then when it comes to movement, we're either forcing ourselves to do movement that we don't enjoy because we've read that it's something we should be doing, or we are doing exercise when we are completely exhausted, not taking rest, breaking down those muscles, not giving them time to build back up. There are just so many ways in which society and ultimately diet culture have made us ignore these cues from our bodies. But you've heard me say this before, when we're a baby, we cry when we're hungry, we eat until we're full. Those cues are inbuilt in our bodies and if we get back in touch with them and start to ignore all this noise from the outside world, the fitness industry, diet culture, then we can actually trust ourselves, trust what our bodies need and be completely healthy and confident without having to follow all these strict rules. Because even when we're talking about food freedom, it starts with listening to your body. Food freedom is not just eating everything in sight because you can. Food freedom is freedom away from those rules. Freedom away from the cookie cutter plans where you're told to eat usually oatmeal for breakfast and then, you know, eggs 
um, chicken and rice, all of these sort of bro diet things that people think that they should be eating to get that physique that they are longing after. Actually, food freedom is just saying, no, actually, I will like oatmeal maybe twice a week. I'll see how I feel. But other days I am going to just have some toast or I am going to have some fruit for breakfast or a smoothie. I'm going to follow what I want rather than following what I think I should be doing. When it comes to getting back in touch with your body in terms of food, one of my biggest tips is journaling. And that is because in the beginning, it's quite difficult to be ignoring all of that noise, all of those um, rules and those guidelines and the information coming in. When you start journaling about yourself, you've got something else that's written down that you can look back on and you can say, actually, I know for a fact when I eat for example, oatmeal in the morning, it makes me feel a bit lethargic. It's too heavy for me in the mornings. So even though it might be perfectly, um, in inverted commas, healthy, i.e. nutrient dense, and it's going to give me energy, it's too much for me. So you jot that down, you've got something written, and then the next morning you can look back at your journal and go, do you know what, yesterday that oatmeal didn't make me feel that good. I'm going to try having some fruit or a piece of toast and see how I feel. So journaling, it just takes it from a thought to something you can put into place going forward. So from a thought to an action. And it's something that's written so you can't forget it. Because actually when we're eating three, four, five, however many times a day you eat and you're getting on with your life as well because obviously we don't want food to be the only thing that we are thinking of when we have food freedom. Food freedom is to give us freedom to do other things. It's likely that you're not going to remember how every different meal made you feel just by thinking about it. So jotting it down. And when I say how it made you feel, it's not just how it physically made you feel. So we can look at physical things. So did it make you feel energised? Did it make you feel lethargic? Did it make you feel good, like you could tackle the world and, and get on with your day? Or did it give you stomach cramps and give you pain? All of those physical things we need to be noting down. But I also think it's important to note down psychologically how you felt during and after the meal. Because sometimes especially in the beginning of a food freedom journey. You can feel um, almost like you have to eat something, so you're proving a point. So you might overeat, overeat for yourself, eat past the point of fullness because you're almost proving a point that you can. And then afterwards, you can feel guilt because it's not going to be just in one day that you manage to go from following diets and believing in diet culture to experiencing true food freedom. So that guilt feeling is natural. But if we get in touch with that and then we dissect that and look at it and analyse it, we can move away from it. So if you note down in your journal that, you know, during eating you were feeling like, this is great, I'm just going to eat everything I can, and then afterwards you felt guilty, we can dissect it and go, well, why did I feel guilty? Okay, I felt guilty because I didn't feel like I should be eating that. Why didn't I feel like I should be eating that? Because I've been told by diet culture that it's too much. But we're trying to move away from diet culture. And then we can turn it into a positive. 
So I ate too much this time for me, personally. Not from diet culture, from listening to my body. I felt overfull, I felt lethargic, I felt horrible physically. So next time, we can look back and say, there's no reason to feel guilty for doing it the first time because you have to make mistakes to learn. But this time, I'm going to listen to my body and I'm going to move forward from that experience. Take a positive from that experience. Learn from that experience. So journaling is a really, really good way to just get back in touch with you. And everybody is individual. Okay, everybody is different. And I do say that food freedom comes from a place of nutritional education. So I would definitely be aware about the different ways in which foods generally react with the human body, because then we can know that before we go for a long walk or a hike or do exercise, we need to have some carbs because carbs will give us energy. We know that when we've done a heavy weightlifting session, protein is going to help to build those muscles and make you recover faster. However, people react differently to different foods. So my sister is celiac, so she can't touch anything with gluten in it. For most people, gluten is not a problem. You can have oats, you can have your um, wholemeal bread and it is all nutrient dense. It's going to give you that good energy, but my sister can't. I've also met someone who cannot process protein, the ultimate macro that all fitness professionals go on and on about. Her body literally cannot process protein. If she touched protein, she would potentially die. Okay, so everybody is individual. And that's why it's so important when we go to this journaling is to think about your body as an individual and not be skewed by these these views from the fitness industry that certain macros are more important, certain are demonized and you shouldn't be having a variety of food because you absolutely should. So when we come to then getting in touch with your mind rather than your body. I want us to step away from this idea that food is only fuel. Okay, because yes, food does fuel your body. You need food to have energy. You need food to be able to go about with your day. But it's not just that. Because food is part of socialising. Food is part of pretty much every celebration you can think of. And if we don't allow ourselves to enjoy that food, then we're putting up a barrier to food freedom because we are looking at it in terms of "Mm, if I'm just eating this for enjoyment, then it's wrong. Mm, I've already eaten enough calories today. So even though it's a birthday party, I'm not going to have that cake, even though everyone else is. And actually, I really want it and I want to be part of that. I'm not going to because my body is fine. It's not just about your body and it's also about the the mental impact that restriction can have so if every single day you're focused on tracking every single day you're worried about what you're putting in your body because you might go over on calories or your macros might be slightly out of sync you're not able to live a full life you can't Because so much of your focus is going on food. Now, ironically, food freedom is about not having to think about food at all. You just eat when you're hungry, you eat what you want, you know what makes you feel good, and you live that healthy life, physically and mentally. 
The same goes for when we talk about exercise and movement. So we might know that we've eaten enough to do a workout. We might know that it's down on our schedule to do a workout. But maybe sometimes we just feel, we just don't feel like we're going to do it well. And I know, I know everyone says you never regret a workout once you've done it or something like that. So what is the phrase? Anyway, it's along the lines of, you know, basically once you've done your workout, you won't regret it even if you really didn't feel like doing it. And that is fair enough to a point. The majority of time, yes, you're going to release those endorphins. You're going to feel empowered because you pushed through and did that workout. But let's be honest, that is not 100% of the time. Sometimes you're going to be berating yourself all the way through the workout because you're not giving it your all. And when you finish, you think, actually, that time may have been better spent just having a break. And we have to listen to our bodies when it comes to that, but also our mind. So we have to listen when our bodies are tired, but also when our mind is tired, when we've got a lot on, when we're thinking, actually, I've just got one hour spare this week. And I really do need to just sit and do nothing. When did that become a sin? To sit and do nothing. Okay, it's not. You are allowed to do that. And I wouldn't say do that every single, you know, every single opportunity, every single spare minute you get, just sit and do nothing. Because productivity makes us feel good. But it should be productivity without expectation. It should be about wanting to do those things, not feeling like we have to do those things. We need to, as a society, step away from this idea of duty, step away from this idea of, you know, certain times for doing certain things, certain ages for achieving certain milestones. Everyone's journey is different. And we have to step away from thinking of people who take the time out to relax and take the time out to have self-care and really prioritise themselves, we need to stop thinking of them as lazy or selfish because your own mental health is, it's up to you to take care of it and you need to prioritise that. If you're not feeling good mentally and psychologically, then physically you're not going to be able to put in the effort that you want to put in. And even if you do, it's coming from a negative space. It's coming from a space of, I have to get this done or else. Or, I can't not do this. A space of of desperation and need. But actually we should have movement without obligation. We should move because we want to. Now I've recently taken a little bit of a break, it wasn't as long as I'm thinking, Um, maybe a week, I took a little bit of a break from structured exercise program. So I was doing my garden, which if you've ever re-turfed a garden, you'll know that it's pretty manual, Uh, you know, it's, it's not not exercise, but I didn't grab my weights and I didn't do sets and I didn't do this structured program. I was still moving my body because I wanted to, but I didn't then feel the need to go and get my workout done because I feel relatively in touch with my own body and I know what my body needs. I know that once I'd done that garden work, I wasn't going to have the energy to do a workout as well. And that didn't matter because I had moved and my body was happy with that. 
So we need to take away the fact that you have to tick boxes. Life is not a tick box exercise. Okay, we, we don't know how long we have. I'm not being morbid. This is positive, I promise. But, you know, anything could happen. And the fact that we've just been hit by a worldwide pandemic should open people's eyes to that. We literally don't know what's around the corner. So why are we spending every day just trying to tick off boxes on a list rather than following our intuition, following what we want to do, f listening to our bodies, because that is what houses all of your ideas and all of your personality and everything that is you lives within this body and this body wants you to live as long as possible. So if this body is telling you that you're hungry, you probably need some food. Losing weight and achieving that aesthetic is not the most important thing in your life. You have people who love you not because you have abs or not because you go to the gym six times a week or not because you're really amazing at meal prepping. Those people don't care about that. Nobody loves you for those things. They love you for your passion, they love you for your sense of humour, they love you because you're always there to listen to them when they need it. We need to start prioritising the important things in life and that's something I think a lot of people have learnt from this pandemic because we've been given this time to spend with our families. We've realised that this 24-7 hustle mentality is not necessarily healthy and actually it's just a capitalist idea. Stick with me, I know it sounds like I'm going off on some mad tangent, but it leads me very nicely into the third part that we were going to talk about today, and that is getting in touch with your soul. Now, when I say soul, I don't mean anything religious, I just mean it as a, a way to describe your true desire, your purpose here, why you get up every morning, um, and just what you enjoy, and living that life to the full because we only have one life that we know of. So we need to make the most of that. And yes, of course, I'm not completely overlooking the fact that we have to pay bills and we have to earn money and we have to clean the house. But I read a book um, a couple of years ago now and I've read it probably three times since and it's called Ikigai. I-K-I-G-A-I. Ikigai. Um, and it is about the Japanese art of finding your passion, finding the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning. But I specifically want to talk about a chapter on getting into a state of flow. Now, in this book, and it, and it explored all these different ways in which the people in Japan um, live their lives. And it's very, very different to the way that we do in the Western world. Um, in this book, it talks about getting into a state of flow, but specifically about finding enjoyment in the chores that you have to get done. And that specifically is the bit that changed my life because I used to hate washing the dishes. Now, I don't know why. Like, it, it's not the worst chore in the world, but I just felt like the dishes would pile up and it was something that just I did not want to do. And I read that book and I thought, do you know what? Light bulb moment. I have to do it. Like, there's no way 
no matter what positivity I can preach and following your dreams, no matter what dream I'm following, there's always going to be dishes to be done. That, that's, a, that's a fact. Because I'm always going to be eating off dishes and I'm not going to behave in a non-sustainable way, i.e. buying new dishes every time and just throwing them away. I don't know if really rich people do that. Maybe. But anyway, I realised that because I have to do this, and there was no way out of it, I had to make it more enjoyable so that I would look forward to it. And for a while, I just did enjoy it because I told myself that I should. Now, I get up a TV programme on Netflix, on my phone, while I'm doing the washing up. And I know that sounds like, well, it's kind of cheating. I don't care if it's cheating. My washing up gets done and I enjoy it because I'm doing something I enjoy while I do it. And every single day now, my kitchen is spotless. The dishes do not pile up because I am happy to do that. I've made it something that is good for my soul because some things we just actually have to do. And I don't say that a lot because I am all about following, you know, what you want to do, feeding off your own vibes and seeing what you want to do rather than following the grain. I'm very much about going against the grain, but... Unfortunately, washing up was one of those things that even I couldn't talk myself out of. I have to do it. So this part, the the listening to your soul. Yes, we can look at the big picture and think, right, is this job really what I want to be doing in my life? Because if you're in a job that you hate, I'll tell you now, you're not going to be building your confidence. Because a job needs to be something that makes you feel productive makes you feel challenged, makes you feel like I am contributing and I can accomplish things. But if it is not that, then you aren't going to be feeling like you're pushing yourself. You're not going to be feeling like you can achieve things. You're not going to be building your confidence. You're going to be lowering that self-esteem. But even more important than those big dreams and those big goals are your daily rituals. And focusing on enjoying your daily rituals, using them as tools to enter a state of flow. Because how you work on something is more important than the final results. This journey that you're going to embark on to build your confidence through health, that journey is going to be more important than the end result. It's something that you can't skip. It's something that you can't fake until you make it. Because you have to go through that process and the payoff is huge because you will start to live a life where you don't feel so focused on food that you can't focus on anything else, where you're not distracted by tracking and weighing food so you can pursue your dreams, you can go out and enjoy yourself and make memories, you don't have to stress about every upcoming event because you're worried about what you're going to wear and what people are going to think. That payoff is huge. But the journey, the journey is so exciting as well. Every single little win that you have along the way is going to work towards building your confidence. So everything that I talk about, the first step is getting in touch with your body, your mind and your soul. (sighs) 
I look forward to seeing you again next week for another episode of Confidence Through Health. But in the meantime, if you have any questions or queries, or even any suggestions of what you'd like me to cover in future episodes, head over to my Instagram and drop me a message. My handle is at fmcoaching, that is F for Francis and M for McGill, or Foxtrot Mike if you are a stickler for the correct phonetic alphabet. Alternatively, if you are interested in finding out more about my 12-week coaching program, Confidence Through Health, you can book a clarity call with me directly from the link in the show notes. We can talk about your particular confidence struggles and then see how this program can help you get from where you are now to feeling food freedom and total body confidence. I will see you next week and I hope that you found this episode really useful and there's lots of tips that you can put into practice to start finding your body confidence today. I just want you to remember that your body loves you and it's time to start loving it back. So have a confident week and I will see you next time.